when they do wake up in the middle of the night, because let's be honest, we all wake up in the middle of the night, children, adults, we all do it. It's just a matter of we, you know, reposition ourselves or we turn our head the opposite way. We just get more comfy. Children, same thing. So if they have independent sleep skills, they're going to do that and they're going to drift right off back into sleep. If they don't have those skills, then they need mom or dad or whoever to come help them get back to sleep, whether that is rocking, nursing to sleep, a bottle to sleep, or even a pacifier. They need that to get back to sleep. So that's when they're going to wake up more frequently because they're relying on that to get back to sleep. What are you doing to create your dream life or your best self? Why do we see some thrive through challenges while others struggle? Welcome to Effort, a podcast where I talk about the main Fs in my life that have helped me in creating my best self. Faith, family, forgiveness, food, fitness, and formula. Hi, my name is Amy Ledeen, and most would say that I've had my fair share of struggles, whether it was placing my baby for adoption at 18, facing my marriage-ending affair, or battling stage four cancer for almost seven years, it's safe to say that I've been through a lot. Join me as I take you through my story, my journeys, and share with you the tactical strategies every single week that will help you thrive and overcome anything you face. That's right, I'm gonna show you how to create a future self that you'll be proud of. So buckle up, get ready for the ride as I take you through my story and bring other guests on that have helped me along the way. So today's guest is going to be a helpful one and definitely not a guest that I thought I would need in my life right now in terms of personal coaching and help. So today I'm bringing to you Whitney Weber from When Skies Are Gray. What a cute, catchy name, right, for a sleep coach. And Whitney comes with all sorts of expertise in the area of, you know, children's sleeping and their habits and how to optimize that for them. And boy, do I wish I would have had this in my life when my, you know, children were babies. But little did I realize that I would need her advice and help and just accountability as we've transitioned and moved. And, you know, I've been dealing with a nine-year-old that wants to sleep with me. So I'm excited for you to tune into this one. And I know that you'll take a lot away. Okay, so selfishly, I'm really excited about this podcast episode today because selfishly, because I know I'm going to be taking notes and learning from it because never, ever, ever did I think that I would need to have a sleep coach on my podcast, especially because, you know, my youngest is nine. And I did not think that I would be going through this right now, but We'll dive into that, but I just want to welcome you, Whitney, for coming on today. Just thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So, you know, I think years ago, I would have never even known that this existed. And then first I met you and then it's like, you know, your reticular activation system like starts to notice things around you. And, you know, this is like a really big, you know, important area. And I know you're a certified pediatric sleep consultant officially, and you do customized plans for people. And boy, do I wish, you know, you would have been around when my kids were little, because to kind of rewind my first son, you know, my 21 year old. Um, when he was a little baby, he obviously didn't learn to self-soothe. And, you know, I don't think he was sleeping through the night until he was probably like a year and a half, admittedly. 
And then my daughter came along and I knew because I was in school at the time, you know, I was back in college. I had two kids. I had a husband that was deployed. I was like, I have to, like, I've got to get control here because what happened with, you know, Kai was like his times in the night, it started to become more frequent for like a bottle. And I just was like this new mom that I'm like, oh, well, he's just hungry. I'm going to give him a bottle. Not realizing, uh, Amy, he's falling asleep with the bottle. Therefore he's waking up wanting the bottle. (laughs) Right. So I reached out to you because, you know, um, my audience now knows this, if they follow along, like this is like my journal in that I'm down in Florida and, you know, Leilani's never, you know, slept with me ever. Like I really was this, you know, I've learned now the through my mistakes that I didn't want that to be. And she slept through the night from like, I want to say like three months old. I, um, you know, every now and then they might have a slumber party on our floor in our room, but never in our beds. Like I am one of those parents, like call me mean, but I'm like, no, you're not sleeping in my bed. So then now getting down here to Florida and, you know, Leilani missing her daddy. And it first started just honestly, innocently. And I share this because I think some people can relate. It was like we were staying in hotels and in the hotels, there's, you know, say two queen beds and, you know, it's Leilani with me. And, you know, I'm letting my my other daughter have the bed. No one likes to sleep with Leilani because she's kind of a little bit crazy kicker. And so it just started kind of innocently. and it turned into where I realized she was using it as this like crutch, right? Because she's now missing daddy. And then I'm feeling bad about that. And, you know, it was like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll let her out of, you know, I mean, even probably just some laziness too. It's like, I just don't want to meaning laziness. Like, I just don't want to deal with this so she can be with me. So then I was like reaching out to you because I know this just can't be good for her. So first talk to me about what made you even become a sleep consultant and a sleep coach. So when my oldest was a baby, I remember specifically sitting in our bedroom and I'm, you know, I'm bouncing her to sleep and I'm trying to rock her to sleep. And she was just crying and crying. And that's what I thought that you did. I thought that you rocked your babies to sleep and it just, it was not working. So I remember putting her down in her crib and she stopped crying. And that was finally the moment that I realized that she wanted to be in her crib and she wanted to put herself to sleep. She didn't want me to do it for her. Um, but we still struggled. So I actually hired a sleep consultant for my oldest. I did not even tell my husband about it because honestly, I was a little embarrassed that I needed help. I thought that I was, you know, I was her mom. I could do it myself. I didn't need somebody else telling me what to do. Um, so admittedly, I did not tell my husband when I did it. Mm-hmm. But I hired a sleep coach for her. And then just throughout the years, we've really reaped the benefits of it. Um, you know, she she sleeps independently. She had zero complications transitioning to a big bed when it was time. When we go on vacations, she sleeps by herself. We have no, you know, stalling at bedtimes or anything like that. And same thing when they're, when she's sick, she sleeps well, you know, of course, if she doesn't feel well, she knows that she can call out and I will, of course, come, you know, take care of her needs. But other than that, we don't have any calling out issues because she appreciates her bed and she appreciates sleep. And she realizes that she needs sleep for her body to be healthy and to grow. 
So that's really why I did it is I want other parents to realize that, you know, their kids can enjoy sleep as well. It doesn't have to be this, this bad thing where they don't want to go to sleep. Right. Well, and I'm already listening, learning like some things, cause it isn't even just about sleeping through the night. It's like you said, like being excited, you know, to go to bed and not having that hour where I see a lot of parents where it's like the negotiating, right. To go to bed. Yep. Absolutely. I've, you know, through this, I've learned a lot that you have to, you have to have boundaries and not only in you know the bedtime routine and during sleepy times, but you also have to have boundaries during the day and have your kids know that you are the boss, you are in control and just, you know, have those boundaries during the day and they will guide into nighttime. So true. And I think it just makes us as moms. I mean, if I'm just looking at this honestly for myself, like I'm just a better mom if I have really good sleep. So if I'm just having all this interrupted sleep, like, you know, we had until you started to help me, I mean, it was, it was frustrating me and I didn't want to take it out on, you know, Leilani, but it was like, I'm just not getting the sleep that I need. And then I'm not showing up as my best self. And then I find myself I'm shorter, you know, during the day I'm, you know, all of those things. So where, you know, what is the most commonly aged that someone needs a, like a sleep coach? Where do you find that people, you know, tend to reach out to you? There's, I'll say there's two different age groups that I see a lot, right? At four months, infants sleep cycles become more adult-like versus newborn-like. So they definitely have some hiccups there. And if they don't have independent sleep skills, then you have a lot of issues at that point. So that four month mark, And then a lot of them is like the two-year-old, two-and-a-half age range where the child is learning, you know, that they can speak up for themselves and have a little bit more independence. And, you know, they realize if they ask for a drink of water, mommy's going to give it to them. Or if they ask for an extra book, mommy gives it to them. So they really start pushing those boundaries Um, A lot of it is also that parents transition their children out of cribs into big beds too early. And Mm. at that age, children do not have the impulse control to keep themselves in that big bed because they're just too young. They they don't have that yet. So a lot of issues are around that age too. So I work with parents a lot at that, you know, two, two and a half, three age range. That's a really good point. I didn't think about that. And I know sometimes people transition because let's say you're having another baby and so you feel that pressure. But do you think that's a mistake sometimes people make is that they think like, oh, I have already one that's going to be in a crib. So I need to get this one out of a crib. 110%. Absolutely. Typically, what I'll tell parents is that, um, you know, the baby, the new baby's typically in a bassinet for, you know, we'll, we'll just even say six weeks or, you know, a lot of times parents will do it up to six months. So they don't really need that crib per se, or you can get a used crib from a friend or Facebook marketplace, or even you can put the new baby in a pack and play until she gets a little bit, or he or she gets a little bit older. And that'll give yourself some time so that older kid can stay in that crib until closer to the three year mark. That is such a good point because when I think about it, I'm like, okay, my kids were not in their cribs at first because the bassinet just even feels more snuggly for them, you know, or like a pack and play, you know, if you've got a big house and we had like, you know, for nap times and stuff, you could have that, which maybe I've done that wrong too. We'll talk about that. Um, 
you know, really, really good, you know, because I think, yeah, I, I didn't, I guess I just didn't, you know, think about like their impulses that, you know, they are going to get out. And then what a fight that is, you know, with your kids to then try to get them to get back in their bed, right? Absolutely. And especially if you have a newborn, you, you're exhausted, you know, you have that newborn to take care of, you don't need to be worried about your toddler getting out of bed in the middle of the night. So that's definitely you, you want to keep them in their crib until as close to three as possible, sometimes even, you know, three and a half. Okay, that's good to know. See, I'm writing this down. I'm like, all right, this is good for <laughs> yep. people that are listening along. So um, so around the four month point, is this because children should be capable of starting to sleep through the night? Or when do you think like, let's say someone's has a new baby right now and they're like, okay, you know, I, I know two people right now that are pregnant, getting ready to have babies. So is that like the 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 golden point? No, not at four months. At four months, that's just when their sleep cycles start to become more adult-like. So they can start taking, you know, longer stretches of sleep. Really kind of the tried and true is closer to six months, but also we want them to be around at least up to 15 pounds. So you, you might have a little bit smaller baby at six months that needs, you know, to have one night feed a little bit longer. But typically, on average, around six months or 15 pounds, a child is capable of going 11 to 12 hours overnight without being fed. Wow. Okay. So that's good news. That's, I mean, that's just good information. Now, does their nap time in the day? Because I know that, I mean, I know you helped a mutual friend of ours, you know, um, I think it was like a year ago where, you know, I, I knew that she was really struggling with whether it be nap time, bedtime. Um, does that have an effect on it? And what are some tips for moms that are struggling with both, you know, bedtime and nap time? What What would be your advice that you'd be giving them? Absolutely. So they definitely go hand in hand. A lot of people think, you want an overtired child going into nighttime so that they'll sleep well. That's actually the opposite. You want your child to be well rested going into nighttime. When a child is overtired, their heart races, their adrenaline pumps, and they just cannot mm-hmm. get to sleep and they wake up more frequently. Now, if you're well rested, you're g- they're going to go to sleep a lot easier. So my biggest suggestions would be is look at their wake times, make sure that their wake times are appropriate for their age, make sure they're getting the right number of naps for their age. Also look into how they're going to sleep. Are they going to sleep independently or are you having to help them get to sleep? When they're younger, of course, you're going to have to help them get to sleep. But as they get a little bit older, you can start kind of reducing those sleep props, as I like to call them. Um, can start reducing those so that they start falling asleep independently. And that's truly when everything is going to change for them is when they do wake up in the middle of the night, because let's be honest, we all wake up in the middle of the night, children, adults, we all do it. It's just a matter of we, you know, reposition ourselves or we turn our head the opposite way. We just get more comfy. Same thing. So if they have independent sleep skills, they're going to do that and they're going to drift right off back into sleep. If they don't have those skills, then they need mom or dad or whoever to come help them get back to sleep, whether that is rocking, nursing to sleep, a bottle to sleep, or even a pacifier. They need that to get back to sleep. So that's when they're going to wake up more frequently because they're relying on that to get back to sleep. 
And that was me. I mean, with Kai, it was like, it was first, like maybe one time he'd wake up in the night, but because I gave him the bottle, then it was like, you know, I remember my doctor saying, you know, listen, he's waking up going, oh, this is cool. I'm getting a bottle. I mean, what my mom's it, then it was more and more frequent where it was like every two hours, you know, and I'm like, what is going on? I thought when kids get older, they can go through the night, you know, but this was all my doing, not realizing, you know, he was using this as, you know, his, his sleep prop, as you call it. Um, so what are some things, because I know the advice you gave me, which was great. We made a really big deal out of it. And we went and got Leilani, a special bear that only is allowed in her room. It's not allowed to come in my room. Now she did test it. Like I said, I, on my IG stories that, you know, she did come one night and prop herself up on the floor and then just left the bear in the other room. But the idea still behind it is so true in that, you know, um, let's say you do have a toddler that is struggling and they are old enough to get out of bed and open the door. I will say that I did have a pediatrician tell me once to put Vaseline on the door, which I think, I don't know, if that's pretty crazy. Um, but came, you know, um, you know, comes into your room. What advice, you know, what are these sleep props, like healthy ones that help kids? So I would do a couple of things. And obviously this depends on their age. I love okay to wait clocks. There's a particular one that I love. It's called the Hatch Baby. It is an okay to wait clock, but it's also a sound machine. So one, I do recommend a sound machine just to kind of okay. drown out any noise around the house, a dog barking, doorbell, even just walking by, depending on how you know big your house is. So the okay to wait clock is a light that tells your toddler when it is time to get up. As an example, my mm. dog, hers is set to pink. If you get an okay to wait clock where there are choices with the colors, get your children excited. That's why I like the hatch. There's, I mean, I'll say a hundred colors. So when we first got it, you know, I explained, this is, this is your big girl light. You know, let's, let's pick your color, pick your favorite color. And this is what's going to tell you that it's time to wake up in the morning. So she chose pink. So at seven in the morning, it will turn pink. And that lets her know that it is time to get out of bed. She does not get out of bed until it turns pink. Now, are there days that she wakes up at 6.30 instead of 7? Of course, but she knows to lay in her bed quietly and try and go back to sleep until that light turns pink. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Keep going. No, you're okay. Mm -hmm. At nighttime, um, I don't recommend any nightlights. If your child is not having any issues, then I would not do a nightlight. We all sleep better when it's dark. Um, Mm -hmm. So at nighttime at 7 p.m., the sound machine turns on and there is no light on it. So she has that throughout the night. So that's an idea. Um, You know, when your child comes to your room in the morning, or I'm sorry, in the middle of the night, take them back to their room and say, you know, as an example of Scotty, you would look and say, you know, your light is not pink. It's still nighttime. Let's get back in bed and get them back in bed. Um, Try not to engage. Try to be excited. You know, I love sticker charts or reward charts, something little um, that they can get right first thing in the morning when, you know, that light turns pink and they made it throughout the night, get them excited, really praise them. Um, You know, before going to bed at night, talk to them. You can do this. I know you can do this. Deep breaths, that sort of thing. Um, If you have a child that is, you know, kind of anxious, that sleeping buddy is a great option. Um, you know, a sleep friend, a stuffed animal, something that they, that comforts them. Right. Right. That's 
definitely a good thing for them to just make them feel more comfortable. I love the weight clock idea for really even like a, a kid that let's say is four or five, because I think it teaches them too to just kind of be okay with just laying there and being still because I, I joke that, you know, my, my son Kai was one of those, it didn't matter what time he was going to bed. It was like, he didn't want to miss anything in the world and he would get up and Christian, you know, Eric's um, son, my bonus son, he is the same way. Like it does. I mean, it's like the moment his eyes open up, it's like, I swear he thinks he needs to like come upstairs or like, you know, come do something. And I, you know, selfishly love my morning quiet time. So when I would see one of these kids like coming out at like 5am, I would even say, it is too early. Go back to bed, you know? And um, he's like, yeah, but I'm awake. But so I really love the idea of, you know, just teaching yourself to just lay there, you know, you might still need more sleep or even, I mean, even if you're not really tired necessarily, just having that quiet time. Absolutely. We, we all need quiet time. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt anybody to be bored and lay there for, you know, just a couple minutes and give your time, give your body time to wake up. Oh, I love that. So what have you noticed now having, you know, a second child, like what were the the challenges that you think are that you, you had, or what do you think most parents now that they add a second one to the mix, what are some of the challenges that they go through? You know, I had the hardest time with just balancing, I'll say the schedules of the two. I am fortunate in that my older one is older, so she doesn't have nap time necessarily. She just does quiet time, which I do recommend. Mm -hmm. Um, When kids kind of age out of naps around three or four, I do recommend quiet time in their room for about an hour. They can play quietly, do whatever. Um, So I can kind of move that wherever need be. I like it. And it's best for them to be somewhat at a consistent time every day. But I've been able to kind of, you know, push it forward and back to kind of match up my younger daughter's nap schedules so that we can all have time to ourselves. As parents, we all need time. (laughs) So um, (sighs) that's kind of been my challenge. I'll say, fortunately, um, if there is a fortunate thing that come out of it, I have been in quarantine most of my younger daughter's, um, you know, newborn days. So Mm -hmm. we've been home. Um, But, you know, luckily my oldest sleeps well. So she's very well mannered. She has a good temperament because she's just getting the sleep that she needs. And that's one thing that I think parents realize once their child is sleeping well is there's, there's not as many tantrums and fits or arguments because your child is actually well rested. So that yes. kind of takes care of that sort of bad behavior that they have a lot of times. That's so such a good point. What do you think about, you know, what happens when let's say we travel or we are on vacation? What are your suggestions for the parent? Like we're going, you know, Hey, we're going to Disneyland with the, you know, family. I know that we took our kids back for, for like a nap time, just even because we knew it was long days, but what do you suggest for um, people that do travel? Like not just when they're there, but then when they get back, you know, do you kind of boot camp yourself back into it? You know, give me your suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. The hope would be that um, during the vacation that they would do the same thing that they do at home. So try and take a portable sound machine 
if need be, um, you know, take the same sheets from home. Try and mimic the environment at home during that, that vacation. Also, I recommend to try and not over schedule yourself. Leave time for downtime, leave that time for nap time and try and have it be somewhat consistent as home so that when you get home, you don't have to do that mini boot camp because it's the same as, you know, what it was before vacation. I like that. There, Go on. Sorry. There are, you know, if your child is still in a crib, there are things that can help your, it's called a slumber pod is what I like. It is essentially a tent that goes around the crib. Now it does not touch the crib, so it is safe, but it goes around. So it makes it very dark and quiet to mimic the room at home. So there are things like that that can really just help families, um, you know, still make sure that their child has a quiet, dark space to sleep. Um, I do think that, you know, it's likely that your child might wake up, you know, in the middle of the night, whereas they normally don't, but I would just try and do exactly what you would do at home. If that same thing happens, you know, go reassure them that that's, that they're okay. And that's fine. Just try and have them fall back asleep independently. Well, I think it makes such a difference because, you know, I'll sometimes be say like in Target where it's the kid is obviously tired and it's like the mom's like fighting with the kid when in reality, it's like, okay, why did you bring your kid out during like, say this designated typical nap time? Why, you know, because it's like, you're expecting your kids to perform a certain way when really it goes against everything that in their own bodies, you know, they should be doing right. Absolutely. Yep. That's, that always kills me. You know, when you're at Target, it. 8 p.m. when you went after your kids were in bed and there's a one-year-old, you know, that should be getting ready for bed or in bed. Right. Yeah. And they're being like short with their kids and you're like, oh my gosh, you just, this, this kid needs to just be, you know, having their sleep in their bed. I mean, I am definitely one of those that like, I really reinforce this with my kids. Like I don't like them to, you know, fall asleep, say on the couch or anything because your bed is so much better. Right. Yep. You just don't get good quality sleep. Yeah. Well, I know that you have helped me so much because I, like I said, I did not think that I was going to be, you know, just challenged with this. And I think it's good for people that see maybe a transition in life. Maybe you've had, um, you know, something happened in your, in that routine. Cause I'm a big, you know, I'm a routine person. My kids have a specific time that we call our reverse alarm where it's like, okay, we know at eight o'clock, this is the time where we start doing all the things to get ready for bed. And then we do prayers and then we do, you know, the tuck-ins and stuff. So then to have that completely turned upside down, you know, put me in this new place that I'm like, what? I always consider myself someone that doesn't have little babies and never thought that I'd be going through this. So I was like, okay, Whitney, you need to come on my podcast because I know that I have a lot of moms that follow me that just we'll see the value in, you know, learning some things. So talk to me about your coaching. Like, is it individual? Is it a course? Like, what do you offer? Yep. So it is individual. It is all online. It is all, um, you know, virtual. So I, if I were, you know, when you reached out to me, I would send you a questionnaire because I like to know everything about your life and your child's life. I want to know you know, what the days are like, nights, temperaments, eating habits. I also like to know 
you know, for my moms that go, go to work and the child goes to daycare, what is a good time for your child to wake up in the morning? Because I can set that schedule around that, of course, within reason, um, you know, I want you to be able to get ready for work in the morning while your child is still asleep, that sort of thing. So I definitely work around my family's schedule in their day-to-day life. And then I come up with an entire sleep plan that I will tell you what to do, when to do, and how to do it. And then we also talk about, you know, what's coming up in the upcoming months or years Mm. so that you're prepared for any, you know, vacation, just like we talked about, or transitioning to the big bed, when to do it, how to do it. And just, I really try to get my parents set up for success for the years to come. And I think just the accountability, to be honest, like, I mean, a lot of it, I've learned this through potty training. I've learned this through sleeping through the night that a lot of it is just our lack of consistency as parents, right? Yep, absolutely. So I, I walk through everything with my families and I essentially hold their hand for two to three weeks, depending on the age of the child, so that I can answer any questions that have come up throughout those two to three weeks. And we also, you know, when I start working with children, their wake windows might be a little bit smaller because they have to make up the sleep debt that they have for, you know, the past, we'll say months or years, depending on the age of the child. And then their wake times are going to start to stretch a little bit. So throughout those two to three weeks, we work together on, you know, pushing those wake times to where they should be to get the, um, you know, adequate naps and nighttime sleep that we're hoping for. I love that. That's so good. Well, I thank you so much for coming on here and just honestly, just adding the value to my audience. And I am going to have in my um, show notes, you know, um, links to your website, but I love, tell me where they can find you. um, You know, tell me your website and your Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. My Instagram is Whitney Weber, six, eight, one, five, and they can find me online at www at whenskiesaregray.org. That's what I love the most. You have the cutest business name ever. Thank you. Yes. So my daughters, both of them now, our, we'll say sleepy song, you know, at nighttime is you are my sunshine. Uh-huh. And this, in that song, it says when skies are gray. And that was kind of our thought was, you know, when skies are gray, I can come in and help turn things around. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, thank you again, Winnie, for coming on here today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. I truly appreciate it, Amy. Okay, I'm on a mission. As you know, if you've been following along, I have a goal to be a top 100 podcast. And it's less about that top 100 and more about I want to make an impact. I want more people to hear effort and and learn from all the mistakes that I've made, along with me bringing on really special guests for you. So my ask here is this. I want you to screenshot this episode today and share it on your social media. Share it with a friend, you know, tag me in it you know, go give me a review, of course, if you're really feeling it and rate me, you know, I, this is the only way things are going to get seen here. And in a big world of tons and tons of podcasts, I'm hoping that you're going to choose mine and help me on my mission. 